Welcome to the Football Ramble. It is Thursday, the 9th of July. I'm Kate Mason. I'm Jim Campbell. And I'm Luke Moore. that wasn't that hard was it Luke no it wasn't as hard it's never as bad as you think it's going to be Kate is it no it's, it's like once you get it once you get in there it's like a dentist once you get in mm. there it's all right little peek behind the scenes of course is that in order to run the the titles yeah. someone has to press a button yeah yeah I would also say that the, the, the dentist is horrible sometimes yeah I didn't mean it's like that. being waterboarded yeah, what the I dentist imagine. is the worst thing in the world yeah what I meant to say you're absolutely right both of you what I meant to say was that it's never quite as bad as you think because you've built it up in your own mind. Mm. And Kate's got very... Um, I'm trying to think of the right word. Button here. flustered? Yeah, very <laughs> flustered like a Victorian about term. pressing the button to introduce herself on the show. I've but I think... S- you're completely misrepresenting the situation here, Luke, as is your want. Yeah. Um, what I think is that it's more atmospheric. It builds more to the crescendo of like introducing the ramble. If someone is like making the intro happen yeah. and then someone else speaks over it. Does it make it. you feel special? No. Okay. It gives the Ramble listeners the special treatment. <laughs> they, 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 they don't know, do they? They yeah. have no idea what's No happening. idea at all. No, they don't know. They expect it's probably quite simple, I'd imagine. Yeah. As it should be. <laughs> as it is. As it very much is. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, Charlie's a producer. Should he be pressing the buttons? Great question. He's, he's been paying Charlie. the big bucks. Yeah. Mm. He's been paying the big bucks. He paid. should be doing it. Also, I didn't expect you two to be that way around, so that took me by surprise. I always sit here. Mm. No, as in, in the answer. Oh, okay. I just got on what, what was written down. Jim, you went second. Fine. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely fine. Don't lie. There was a massive fight earlier, by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah, it's like, a, it's like, a, it's like it's a, a hierarchy thing. It's like when um, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman were in um, that movie where they had to have exactly the same amount of um, words in the script. Charles. And their, their names had to be the same level on the poster, otherwise neither of them would do it. It's like that. Amazing. Yeah. That is exactly what the yeah. ramble is like. Don't they look so cool? Yeah. Don't they both look <laughs> so fair, cool and impressive? To be, fair, you know that. to be fair, though, Jim, Steve McQueen and Paul Newman are both quite Cool. Yeah, it's annoying, though. <laughs> Isn't it? Because if anything, that should yeah. that should damage their reputation, yeah, but it hasn't. No, it really hasn't. can do whatever they want. Yeah, exactly. The way that um, Jim tried to kind of enhance his social standing within the context of the Ramble this morning, of course, was to enforce on us the corridor of applause yeah. Yeah. as you entered. Well, there's only three times that's acceptable, if you ask me, which right. is whenever I enter a room. Yeah. Um, the the game after you've won the league and just the game yeah. or when you've demanded to be subbed off in the 26th minute <laughs> in your final game for Chelsea yeah, while wearing number 26 well, yeah. yeah I think that might be the worst thing that's ever happened in the Premier yeah, League it's one of the few things <laughs> so so I think over the years the Football Ramble has been quite good at drilling down on things that need the piss taken out of them in football right and we did do that with John Terry when he retired I still now don't think we did enough. I think it should have been a twelve, sh- a twenty-six shows of Christmas <laughs> about that. Yeah, uh, on how ridiculous that was and looks now in retrospect. But on the um, the uh, corridor of applause that, that Liverpool were afforded again last night, I think you both allude at least to a very, very interesting point, which is I don't ever remember this happening so much. Mm. Did, did, I mean, Jim, you'll remember this better than me. When Arsenal went undefeated. They didn't get a um, a corridor of applause every game the next season it was a, until they lost a game. Well, it was a depressingly long time ago, but I don't yeah. remember it happening at all. It must have done, but I don't. I, I don't. I don't remember what the. Uh, so, Kate, is your what under, the rules are on is this? Is your understanding that it should be? Well, it's not a rule, is it? 
No, okay. But no, the, it's a courtesy. Yeah, the general consensus is that it should be the game after they win the title and possibly their first home game for, the, for usually for the crowd. Yes. Like that. Other than that, that's enough, right? That's exactly mm. it. So maybe it's that they're trying to get to the stage where they've had enough corridors of applause mm. that they've effectively had as many people clap them in as they would have done if they'd had a full Anfield. Okay, so maybe you give them a bit of a, you afford them a little bit of leeway because they've not got fans at games. But I mean, it's going to take a while to get up to that yeah. many people, isn't it? Yeah, because the, and also. Fans are generally quite enthusiastic when their teams win the league. These other players aren't very enthusiastic at all. No. Like a lot of people on Twitter have been in touch with us about this and suggested names for it. James Stewart on Twitter calls it the courtyard of consternation. <laughs> James uh, at JCSTU says uh, it should be called the funnel of faint praise. And uh, yeah, so <laughs> it's not really going over that well. And, and I just feel like if I were a player, I'd be a professional footballer. You'd be very competitive. You'd want to win. It does it set the right tone. They won mm. the league a while ago now. They deserve all the credit in the world for doing it because they've been the best team by a mile. But it just gets a little bit full on after a while, yeah. I think. They've got four games left. Is anyone going to have the nerve to not do it? If one team well, Bernardo doesn't Silver do really it, it'd be it. amazing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bernardo was <laughs> just stood in the middle. It didn't bother. Yeah. yeah. I think that would be awesome if someone did. Well, they've got Burnley next. Burnley will not Sean do Dyche it, surely. Burnley will do beats, like birthday beats. Do <laughs> 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 you remember birthday beats? Yes. Yeah, you give them a kick in. Yeah. yeah. Maybe throw them up in the air and catch them. Not catch them. Well, could, it be yeah. to, could it be to blame for the two early goals, perhaps? Yeah, I think it might Possibly. Yeah, the over the overwhelming evidence against that is that Liverpool are much better than Brighton. Yeah, but you Jim, I, I, I think, I, you say possibly. I agree with you. I think it's I think it's a reasonable thing to say that it doesn't really get people off on the right yeah, foot. You don't want to start a game by revering your opponents. <laughs> no. That's the last thing you want to do. No, it's like a reverse hacker, basically. Yeah, yeah. It's like prostrating yourself at the yeah, exactly. feet of your opponents and saying. You're much better than yeah. us. I don't know if anyone's noticed, yeah. but yeah, it's it's really subservient, isn't it? It's I a strange so. thing because the Roy Keane factor here is interesting because, as I said at the time, when Man City uh, gave him the, the the corridor of applause, um, Roy Keane said, "Look, respect to earn respect, you've got to give respect." So I I am in favour of it, and I thought he would be against it. Mm. I think by now Keane has got to be against it by now, surely. Yeah. It's too much now. Too much. I'd love to know what the, the criteria of his standards for earning respect. I change, it's I like a hundred point plan. They change like the stock market, I reckon. <laughs> like fluctuate all the time. Like you can't keep up with it. You have yeah. no idea what you're doing wrong, but you're always doing something wrong. <laughs> but anyway, so Brighton did rally a bit, didn't they, to get back into the game and stuff. But I mean, ultimately, it's, yeah. it's, it's one of those, it was, it, was a, it was a dead rubber really, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. And uh as you say, those two early goals were a little bit of a, a letdown, really, because once they they played yeah. some good stuff later on, didn't they? And that kind of Davy proper cock, it was a proper cock up. <laughs> yeah. The six minute goal, he just sort of lost it as they were trying to play out from the back, and yeah. you don't want to be doing that in front of Navi Cater or look, anyone from Liverpool, pretty much. That was a really good example of like how Klopp wants his team to play, and you can sometimes forget that because when you when when it kind of just washes over you how good Liverpool have been all season, you don't necessarily think that. The, the big thing that, that Klopp wants them to do is push really hard, press high up the pitch. And that was an amazing example of that. And it was a bit like Brighton were very much dealing with that like a team who had just been ordered to applaud their opponents. Yeah. And they were like, are we, is, it, is, it, is it respectful to, to keep the ball away from them? We don't yeah. really know what the, where, where the line is now. Uh. So they, they just got caught out twice in, in, in eight minutes. And yeah. you just thought, mm, this Jordan could be a Henderson's, 
Jordan Henderson's a captain, so he gets a free shot, yeah. right? He just gets like a free sight. Ah, oh, it's gone in. And it's he, fine because he normally puts it over the bar. Oh, he has scored. <laughs> he yeah. really did, though, didn't he? He had so much time that he could really like mm. rifle that one home, mm. which was lovely yeah. to watch. But again, we don't necessarily, even though it is, as you say, pretty much a dead rubber, Luke, you don't necessarily expect it to be an exhibition of Liverpool's talents. Yeah. Although, uh, uh, Although that is polite. At the beginning. <laughs> Very polite. At the beginning. That's what's on the poster. Come to Brighton for an exhibition of Liverpool's talents. Also, Brighton will be there for a bit. Yeah. That's what he said. <laughs> well, it's a seaside town with a lot of, you know, a lot of amusements and attractions. So maybe that was, that was what it was billed as. But, um, <laughs> but on a yeah. shocking July day, wasn't it? Oh, it down, God, yeah. 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 On that note, let's go to Manchester, shall we? Yeah. Mm. Like Newcastle did in body, if not in mind. Bless them. Yeah. It was, it was a difficult afternoon. It, it felt like you, I mean, because obviously there's no fans there. So I can imagine that it was, it was almost a bit like a glorified training session, attack versus defense. Yeah. For Man, City. Man City had fewer shots against Newcastle than they did against Southampton in a game, which they lost <laughs> and they won five nil. Well, Newcastle did not sort of um, have the same approach to, to the game that Southampton did. And that was actually really obvious from, from the off. Obviously, you know, depending on the mood city you're in and if you're playing them home or away or not, it's going to make a difference. But like, it, it almost felt like watching a really kind of rich man, uh, kind of shooting gallery determined to like win the giant teddy bear and he can just keep shooting all day because yeah. he's got all the money he's Doesn't literally got just buy all the tickets two pockets for the tokens got nothing else on that yeah. day you carry on this is inevitable on. speaking about showing respect I feel like Newcastle showed Manchester City a lot of respect in their yeah. own box didn't they absolutely like, really, 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 like standing off them Corridors like take your time in the box yeah, yeah extraordinary it's catching on definitely and I think Danny Rose should realise that actually what's based on the Sheffield United performance that he could very much still do that job at Spurs we wanted to <laughs> he should have gone for all that upheaval <laughs> because it would have been de rigueur in, uh, in, in, in North London as well can I can I Ask a potentially controversial point. I don't think something we. I don't think it's something we've talked about on this show that I can remember, and I'd be interested to get your guys' thoughts on it. Is the amount of is is the Man- current Manchester City points total, despite the fact they just won five nil, um, is the current Manchester City like points like sixty nine points from thirty four games based on the players and the manager and the money they've got? That is a fairly poor return, isn't it? Nine games they've lost this season. They've lost more games than mm. Manchester United. And they lost more games than Wolves, more games than Arsenal in the league this season. <laughs> it, it's going under the radar a bit, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is. But I wonder if it's um, symptomatic of how difficult it is to main, maintain those standards for such a long time. Though. We often talk about how difficult it is to retain a league, but to retain a league twice, obviously, is, uh, is particularly tough. That's a drop-off in a half. Though. Oh, it's a huge, huge drop-off. You know what? I was I was thinking this as I was watching the game, the third goal, which was actually an own goal from Newcastle. Beautiful bloody own goal, well, wasn't it? Wow, we should actually have some sort of, you know, own goals faves poll. Yeah. That was like the one when England women lost against Japan. It was absolutely stuck in from pretty much the halfway line. They're the best, the, the oh, best ever God. one is, have you seen the one of the guy who goes to hook the ball away at the far post? It's, it's probably 80s or 90s in the lower leagues. Goes to hook the ball away in the far post, right? <laughs> Kicks the ball into his own face, breaks <laughs> his nose, and it goes in the bottom yeah, corner. That uh, is the best. It is magnificent. We should share that on social media. You with love seen it. injuries, don't you, Luke? That Mark? one. Have you seen... Do you know what I haven't seen about? it, it no. is, It is iconic. It is honestly <laughs> amazing. I, I just think if you're not someone who enjoys the fact that someone's broken their own nose with a football, and you can't... What enjoyment can you get out of yeah. life? That's what I would say. That guy has the music from Curb Your Enthusiasm playing yeah. in his head all the Wherever time. Wherever he goes. That, yeah, even yeah. But yeah, so the third goal, the own goal. He's thinking, well, I don't even know what this is. What is this? It's not been invented yet. It's a jaunty tune. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the third goal, 
the, uh, which like was almost an own goal twice because it deflected <sighs> off a deflection. Yeah, I think. it did. Yeah. Yeah. It did. Um, really lovely curl on it. Yeah. <laughs> People mm. talk about the game being played at a stroll sometimes. It was. But it, but it, with that goal in particular, and, and points throughout the game, City were strolling about, and Newcastle were too sort of scared to get into it. I know they've got to keep their shape. I know you've got to, It's an absolute nightmare playing City. But I think a lot of teams are getting beaten by them in their own heads before they actually play the game. Really. And they I shouldn't think, be, because they yeah. lost nine already. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. They're beatable, mm. and a lot of teams aren't sort of approaching it as if it's a game they can get anything out of. But Jim, is there is there the, is the age old? Um, I'm going to use the phrase uh, on the beach. Is the age old on the beach thing reared its head with Newcastle, who've now got 43 points, no realistic prospect of finishing any higher than at a push, kind of probably 11th, uh, and they won't finish any lower than whatever it is, it can um, absolutely 14th. Be that, yeah. It's just, I mean, what? When you, when you watched, I watched the highlights because, as you guys know, um, you made me watch West Ham Burnley. So I uh, I didn't see this game live. I watched the highlights. And I, and I did think to myself, when I saw Foden miss a couple of those chances, just thought, what's the point? What is the point of this? Mm. What, I mean, because yesterday, I think, you, Jim, you were talking yesterday on the show about how <clears throat> you think the standard has, the people have settled into their rhythm a bit mm-hmm. more now. Do you regret that? Haven't watched what you watched at Man City last night. They won five nil. No Newcastle. Oh Newcastle. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? Actually, because of, you know there is a, an argument that the Newcastle players are on the beach. Maybe it's muscle memory. Maybe their bodies are going. I'd be on a beach now yeah. normally. <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to yeah. get into that mode. There must be a mistake going on here. Yeah. But you know, they're players that are potentially playing for their futures, given the whole takeover thing. And they're the same is true of Steve Bruce as well. So it's pretty. Pretty slack if they have gone into it with that attitude. But then it's, you know, the golfing quality is obviously pretty massive. And, you know, they do struggle for goals, really, in Newcastle. Although, you know, it gets been better since the restart. But I don't know. Yeah, it was all just uh, it was all just a bit unedifying. Yeah. If it, if it didn't feel like a proper game, and that's all I can say about mm. it, really. That's right. It felt like a training game. Yeah, it really did. One of the... I actually watched bits of it with the sound, the crowd, the fake crowd sound off. But mm. when the fake crowd sound was on... We've actually had an email about this. All right. Yeah, from Craig Norton. Thanks, Craig. Um, he said, the sound guys for the crowd noise is are becoming a, a commentator of sorts. Kevin De Bruyne ran into a crowd of Newcastle players and had his path blocked. The referee says no foul, but the crowd noise gives a big shout of disapproval mm. and beautifully well-timed. Yeah, so, so yeah, nice uh, spot, Craig. So the, the, the crowd noise person is essentially now becoming a curator of the of the flow of the match, basically. Yeah. Well, so you've got he, to be, haven't he, you? Like, he's obviously not influencing the game because the game, they can't hit that in the game. But for the viewing public, it probably is a, um, it is a big... A big change, director I, of vibes. Yeah, because there was there was what, yeah, like Bez, the the Bez of like the Bez of Premier League football. But there, but there is there is a. I started off liking the crowd noise, mm. and now I've kind of stopped liking it because it's it feels with that kind of thing, and when, and when like a, ch- a chance goes wide, it's almost like Martin Keown's on the button. It takes like ten seconds to get what's happening. Yeah, like with the Phil Foden. And, 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 exactly, the Phil yeah. Foden was a great example, and and it comes along so much later. It just feels like really jarring. So I prefer to, uh, to to have it off now. Yeah, I suppose you could fall into a routine with it. When I moved out to to Doha, I really really initially enjoyed the. Uh, Arabic commentary. I used to listen right. to things with Arabic commentary. But the style of Arabic commentary is very different to the style of English commentary. Right. So I hope I'm not being disrespectful to say, but the, the style is not so much let's provide useful like useful information around this, right. which is not always the style of English commentary either, but I think that's what it aims to be. Arabic commentary is more about atmosphere. So yeah. it would just be like, 
more like a kind of Italian thing. They'll just be like shouting, like go, 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 or just yeah. the name of the player, Messi, 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 yeah. like for the entire half. Is that because I don't have as much of a tradition of watching football, so they want to get people excited about it? I don't know, Could but be. it's it's uh, yeah. I guess it does ramp up the excitement, but it's not so good for you like sitting like on the that. sofa. I would prefer that to, I mean, I know Jim is probably going to leap to his defence at some point when I hit the threshold, but um, I, I would prefer that to Martin Keown, to be oh, honest. Oh, I, mean, yeah. I actually really like Martin Keown. I'm sure he's a lovely fella, but he has a, he has a very consistent way of not knowing what's happening, <laughs> which I think which I think is, is something that's important for a commentator. At least you agree with that, Jim. What, to know what's going on? Yeah, yeah. yeah I, think, I think it is a definite prerequisite that maybe needs addressing. But I do quite like the idea of this hype man thing. Yes, yeah. that's maybe exactly what it is. Get one of each. Yeah, like if you get like, I don't know, isn't that just fan zone though? Like, well, for, so people but not if you, if you put it with a professional as well. Yeah, uh, we got a sort of gentle version of it with John Champion and, and Ali McCoist. Uh, they're great. Yeah, I'd have them More on every that. game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, on every game. But the research is very. The thing about John Champion and Ali McCoist, and Mark is a huge proponent of them, is that because they don't work together very often, they get a lot of time to research. Mm. So they're dropping in trivia, fact bombs. Yeah. If they were doing every game, it's a lot of work. It's, it's a lot of admin. It, it's like the trip. Yeah, it is a bit. Yeah, I, I, I think yeah. whoever you know, if you're listening and you run a TV company, you're missing a trick. Put them on as much as you can. Give yeah. them whatever they need in terms of research. Yeah, and if you are listening, hopefully you guys yeah. are yeah. Um, to the Football Ramble, like Craig, send us an email. Yeah, it's show at footballramble Yes, let's go to the London Stadium. Yeah, I don't really want all my hard-fought um, slogging to be in vain, so I'm pleased we are actually going to cover it. Yes, thank you. We're paying homage to your hard-fought slogging. Yeah. To give people a little glimpse behind the curtain on the WhatsApp group last night, I just got a message from Kate saying, Luke, you're doing West Ham Burnley. So, all right, thanks. And to be fair, to be absolutely fair, it wasn't that bad. I think no, I, I, think, I mean, from sounds like it, it's quite a lot of talking points. I have, I had, I think we can all agree I had reason to be kind of sceptical about mm-hmm. spending two hours of my time on this, but it wasn't without merit. And I think that's the most we can ask for. When, I mean, the, the problem is, Jim, and you can come in on this, David Moyes just looks mad. He just looks mad now. Mm. Like he's got, he's not had his hair cut. It's, it's getting, it's wet there. So he's getting, it's, it just looks, he just looks incredibly challenging to look at these mm. days. Well, his true form is coming out, isn't it? Yeah, it probably is actually. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's... someone's taken the, the portrait out of the, the attic <laughs> and it's all, it's all, it's all coming to. Finally, you know, yeah. a reference I can yeah. get. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thanks, Lee. But, but there wasn't, there was enough to enjoy, but the game it was a lovely goal by Jay Rodriguez. Fantastic header. Mm. Um, keeper couldn't, couldn't get near it really. And, um, and, and Sebastian Haller came on and I scored with his first touch or his first one of his first touches. And, and, and the reason he didn't is because Nick Pope played, who was absolutely outstanding and who is, um, yeah, he's got to be in the conversation for England goalkeepers. I know we're not yeah. really talking about England much at the moment, but but he was brilliant. Give you bear in mind that West Ham were sort of fighting for their lives at the moment. I think they'll be okay, but they were fighting for their lives. They had over 20 shots mm. and they didn't score. Um, and so it was It was a really good rear guard performance from, from Burnley in a kind of last-ditch way. One of the things that could have changed it is the challenge that James Tarkovsky put in on, I think, Jared Bowen. Was it Jared yeah, it Bowen? I think it was. Yeah. And um, for Arsenal fans among us, um, witnessing what happened to Eddie and Ketia, you would be forgiven for feeling a bit hard done by that he didn't walk for that because it looked a very, very difficult challenge. It, uh, I mean, it was it was pretty full on. It did. And he also, he held his hands up straight away, didn't he? So it's not yeah. like it's one of those things that's just been missed. And I don't really know what the reason was for them not checking so, so, it. So I was, I was reading it. And obviously we've been doing football shows for a long time. And, you know, but the laws change all the time, obviously. And the yeah. laws now, I feel like there is, 
more unclear than they've ever been. Mm. And there was, I don't know if this is relevant, but it's how partly how the referee saw the incident in the first place, which means that VAR gets involved in a slightly different way. But it's also, if you lunge, if you lunge and out of control and danger an opponent, one of the laws, I think it might be law 12, says it doesn't matter if you intended it or not yeah. because you go. Yeah. If, if you didn't lunge, then the referee has to kind of judge whether you intended it or not. And I'm not saying that's definitely what happened because, of course, we never hear from referees. We don't know. Yeah. But I feel like that might be the reason that Tarkovsky got away with the yellow. If he was sent off, I think it could have been different because West Ham spent the majority of the second half on the offensive yeah. and were very unlucky to not score. So mm. and Nick, Burnley have got Nick Pope to thank for that. And finally on that, 14 clean sheets for Burnley this season. I think that's more than any other team. Nick Pope's got more clean sheets than any other goalkeeper, I think. And when you say things like Jordan Pickford in, in the Everton-Tottenham game, sort of nearly fumbling it into his own goal, you, you, I do agree with you on the old England uh, I never England feel safe thing. with Jordan no. Pickford in goal. And it's, been, it's felt like that for too long, hasn't it? Yeah. I think it's felt like that for too long for it to be a sort of uh, part of his kind of learning process. It's just a, a kind of facet of his character. But I, I would say, going back to the Tarkovsky thing, for both of you really, I feel like, Regardless of whatever the reason is, or you know, you know, regardless of, you know, it's because of how the referee sort of reacted to it at the time. Do you not think like if that's not a red, then the system that judges these things is wrong? Yeah, potentially. Yeah, I mean, yes, it looked almost exactly the same as many other red cards in the yeah. last two it, days, let it's, alone. It's weird um, that some of them should circumstantially just not mm. be picked up. But just on VAR, they were the as I understand it, not to as we wouldn't want to mislead our. Mm. No more listeners. Oh, they used to be mislead. Don't worry about that. Okay, it's as I understand it, every every major incident is checked. So, I guess there they were applying. Even if we don't know about it, even if mm. it's not on in this stadium, I mean, who who's that going to help? There's no one there. Yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean. It's being looked at. So that's even more baffling in a sense because mm. you've had several referees Chances. looking at it and thinking. It, yeah. In that instance, it's a clear and obvious. Do you remember that Abamyang one for Arsenal? Was it last season or earlier this season where he goes over the top of the ball and gets sent off? Mm. And you, and you think, okay, he's gone over the top of the ball, the studs are up, you can see why that happens. But it feels like it, what they're kind of admitting is that every incident is in and of itself completely separate and completely yes. original, completely different. And so Correct. there's like a, a, new, a new set of parameters has to be applied every time. And that, I wonder if that's the most helpful thing, basically. That's exactly the issue we had with the Lucas Moura uh, handball hand oh, yeah, Harry yeah. Kane disallowed yeah. Sheffield United. Yeah, that pissed me off at the time. Did it? Yeah, it's just, it's just bollocks. What are they doing to the game with that bollocks? I said it at the time. I don't need to say it. Again. Game's gone, isn't it? Yes, yeah, hell in a handcart, mate. I don't and, even and, know what we're, and David don't Moyes, know what we're doing here. David Moyes is carrying the handcart <laughs> that we're all in. You couldn't make it up. He's going to take us across the threshold into the world of the dead. Mm. <laughs> Kate, I'm looking at you. Move it on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, someone who's not in the world of the dead, just briefly, before we go to a break, is Chris Wilder, who Good. at Bramall Lane... <laughs> Calder's calf celebrating the injury time winner mm. for Sheffield United against Wolves. Um, I love that because yeah. it's, it's ultimately, and I'm not going to get any. I'm not going to make any friends at Sheffield United for saying this. <laughs> it is still quite an inconsequential goal, but he's, he's celebrated so much he's pulled a leg. It's yeah. great. Sheffield United could be going into Europe, yeah. Luke. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're not going to make many friends at Bramall Lane with that kind of chat. And if you consider the other day on Tuesday when we were talking about um, Carlo Ancelotti and Jose Mourinho meeting on the touchline, the last time they met was in the Champions League last 16 and they had, you know, titles and silverware yeah. coming out of their ears. Mm. The first, t- the last time that these two sides met, they were both in League One. So, oh, it's amazing. Put it in that context, yeah. you know, yeah. yeah. I'm not saying Look, that... obviously stretch before you celebrate, perhaps if you're Chris Wilder, but I, I applaud the 
my, 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 my rationale very, very quickly is just that they need to pick up a good amount of points realistically between now and the end of the season. Um, they've played Chelsea next. They've got Leicester away. They play Everton. They play Southampton. All those teams have shown something. It's hard for them to pick up a lot of points in those four games, I think. But I could be wrong. I could be wrong. All the more reason to celebrate, isn't it? It's a good yes. platform to build on. Yeah. Right, fair enough. You're cynic. Fair enough. They, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll get, they'll get Europa League. What about that? How about that? Great. And I'll, and I'll love it. I'll absolutely love it, Kate. Your cynicism has no place here. Don't shake your head on there. The people can't hear it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I'm going to work on that in the break, which is now. All right, welcome back to the Football Ramble. Luke and... No, you're not Pete. I can try and be Pete if you like. Oh, tech. <laughs> Weird <laughs> Japanese food. <laughs> Someone sent me some dog meat and I'm just eating it. <laughs> that actually sort of happened once yeah. when we were um, recording in. Uh, was it? Uh, it's XFM Jim, by the way, time? guys. Yeah. <laughs> For those who don't obviously can't see, which is everyone, Jim's waving his hands around like Pete always does. Like, does Pete do that? He does a bit. I don't know. Maybe. Sort of. He doesn't sound like that though. Well, you know. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to do an impression of Pete. I'll have to go away and work on that. Tell us about the dog meat. Well, I don't know if it was dog meat, but he. Um, there was, was a time where we were recording in uh, somewhere else where where uh, where Pete worked, and he um he was eating this bag of it was some sort of meat, but he didn't know what it was because um it the sent- wasn't English, and he was talking about how weird it was that someone had sent him that it was while sent him he was by eating a listener. it. Yeah. Oh sent right. By a listener, yeah. Is this the same as the steak that got sent to him, or is that a separate thing? Not separate, sure. I think. Not sure. Yeah. Oh, right. Although although speaking of steak, I once went for breakfast with Pete before we played football together. And I had scrambled eggs on toast because uh, we were playing football. He had steak tartare. It's just horrifying. Good and then, man. And then Absolutely was uh, horrifying. violently sick after the game. So, oh, right. Yeah, good I on was him. thinking that's quite Muhammad Ali. Perhaps he was just trying to... Yeah, yeah I mean, famous. I mean, different. He used to have, what was it, like six steaks and 14 eggs every I'm, breakfast. I'm doing a lot of work mentally here to try and compare Pete Donaldson <laughs> to Muhammad Ali for a lot of reasons. Jim, is that fair? Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Not really an awful lot in common, if you don't mind me saying <laughs> Floats like a maniac, stings like a maniac. Yeah. Best I can do, really. Yeah, doesn't really let his hands go either. Yeah. Well, although at least his hands are normal size, Kate. Oh my <laughs> goodness, me. <laughs> ah, Luke said, "Oh, Kate, I'm going to take the piss out of you so much today, and it's only just started, so I'm quite yeah. nervous." Yeah. Um, on the subject of culinary skill or lack thereof, or, or choices for breakfast, um. We're going to have a little jaunt over to to the States now, I think, because um, MLS is back in the MLS is back cup. That's how they've titled it. Nice. Does what it says on the tin. I mean, that's Mm. to be applauded. Um, 54 games in Orlando, Florida. Should probably point out that, yeah, that Florida is basically the one of the epicenters of of coronavirus at the moment, kind of new daily record cases keep Mm. coming. So it seems like a slightly unusual choice. But the idea is that they are all in Disney World together and no one goes anywhere and everyone's kind of segregated and they're going to just play all of these games of football and and decide who's won the MLS. Carlos Vela, who's the league's reigning MVP, he's withdrawn, but his his wife is pregnant. It's not, you know, we don't think it's a kind of protest. Mm. Um, But... The the sorry the food reference is that uh, Omar Gonzalez, the Toronto FC defender, tweeted this picture of something that looked like it was out of Fire Festival, a sort of sandwich box. Crazy, get a reminder of Fire Festival. Yeah, oh. that was oh. a mad thing. That feels like almost unbelievably quaint now. It does. 
obviously it was quite traumatic for a, lot, a large number of people, but the documentary was magnificent. And yeah. it, it, I just, I, w- I just completely forgotten it had happened. And then, I've, then I remember that Jar Rule was involved. Mm. Oh my goodness! And I think if, if MLS were going to bring football back, which they obviously are attempting to do, and they have done because there was, there was a game last night. To be compared to fire festivals, probably not what they were after. No, it's not and ideal. It, and it made me think, Jim, of um, this is not just food. This is MLS food. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Uh, that's what I want to think. That was a big build up, but there you go. Yeah, worth it. Absolutely yeah. worth it. Yeah, but if you've not seen the images of it, it is like a really sort of very, very basic sandwich and a banana. That was, oh my God. Um, uh, he said it was... Uh, he said it cost something like $65, was it? But didn't it turn out that he was actually in Toronto when this happened? And so there's a little, a little bit of kind of weirdness happening. Debunk so this, Jim. Come it's, on. It's not clear whether the food itself um, is being provided by the the place they're in to play football again. There's, there's been talk that the, the food was delivered before they went to Orlando and it was, as Jim says, it was in Toronto. But as you alluded to, Kate, it does seem a very, very strange decision to make to bring this bring this back when they're in such a middle of middle of such a it's not just florida i mean fc dallas have gone home because yeah. dallas in texas is another place where they've had a really bad problem with the virus and it it just seems a little bit surreal that these players i mean bradley Wright phillips came out and said obviously he's you know come towards the end of his career now and he's playing for lafc and ex um ex red bulls of course he came out and said um and this is it's a bit weird. I mean, I just I just sit in my hotel room playing Call of Duty and I go and play or train and I go back again. I don't see anyone and I'm not yeah. going to go to um, associate with any other human beings. I'm not, and I think what they're doing is they're trying... My amateur, admittedly amateur assessment of this is that they've seen what's happened in Germany and Spain and Italy and, and obviously in England mm. and said, if we employ this kind of bubble situation, we can make this happen. Yeah. It doesn't look like it can happen because um, of several reasons. One, the US is massive. One, it's got the biggest cases of, of, of COVID anywhere in the, pretty much anywhere in the developed world. So very, very difficult situation there. And I can completely understand, as I can, by the way, any player in Europe not wanting to do it and not wanting to play. And so I wonder what the integrity of the competition is going to be like um, going forward. Yeah, you mentioned looking at how things have worked in Europe. And I wonder also um, if much like, you know, the Bundesliga obviously started a long time before other leagues in Europe did, perhaps the smallest football league in Europe. You know, the MLS is back, but none of the other actual, you know, soccer is not as big in the States, let's Mm. face it, as it is anywhere in the world, pretty much. Um, So it looks a tiny bit as though they're trying to, like, seize the advantage and get ahead of before the NBA gets back, before American football is being played. I was reading this morning that um, if if things don't improve with MLS and, and, and carry on through to NBA who are also in the same place then the NFL isn't going to start and the NFL is massive in the, obviously in the US and so they may be using it as a little bit of a litmus test but Bundesliga guy Christian Seifert uh, I think his name is um, said he made it clear he said look when the, when the Bundesliga came back for the first week he said we know the eyes of the world are on us here we, we, it's a test for us every single week and just because we've done a successful first weekend doesn't mean we're going to have a successful mm. second one we've got to keep working and 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 if it was tremendously important the Bundesliga got it right because it showed a pathway for other countries to be able to do it but you have to be in a certain position in terms of your country's um, response to the, to the virus clearly before you can do it so I, I read about it this morning in The Athletic there's a brilliant article in there um, about what's happening written by um, Paul Tenorio and Sam Steskel and I, I I implore anyone to read it. It's fascinating what's happening. Um, it doesn't seem like it's the brightest situation imaginable, but I wish health and safety to everyone there. I really do. It's, I mean, there's been a lot of surreal things that have happened throughout the coronavirus situation, but like 
being locked away in in a theme park <laughs> effectively it's just it's so strange it's quite dystopian isn't it? Isn't it? it is dystopian as well because actually obviously you know that sounds quite fun on the on the top level doesn't it but i'm sure they're not all kind of like riding around on roller coasters and stuff like that and as Braddy wright phillips says he's just in his room playing call of duty and the whole thing I kind of really feel for everyone involved in it. It just must. I mean, it's a horrible situation to find yourself in anyway, even if you're stuck at home. But to be in an unfamiliar surrounding like that, mm. just such a shame. With so many people, yeah, as you say, testing positive. We um, haven't even mentioned a 97th minute winner for Nani. Mm. No, yeah. and actually in that, but we are going to mention in that get game, um, clearly over here, you know, in the Premier League, people are continuing to take a knee. Um, indefinitely, it seems like, which is uh, a really interesting and kind of useful way, I think, of, of using football to convey a message. Mm. Um, and and so overnight in that game between Orlando City and Inter Miami, um, some players were wearing T-shirts that said black and proud, some silence is violence, which is kind of an interesting yeah, uh, uh, concept and, and a really stark image. And they took a knee for eight minutes, 46 seconds, um, which is the period of time during which George Floyd was knelt on at, until he died. So kind of extraordinary scene, really, and mm. and, and quite beautiful. Um, but it's, it's, the fir- it's the first um, uh, sort of sporting reference from within the US that we've seen since this happened. So... It's obviously going to be tremendously powerful. Of course, these things translate across to other countries. and There's been a lot of solidarity shown around the world for this, which is heartening to see. But this is the first time I've seen um, uh, how a sporting event would respond to what's happened. And it was incredibly powerful. I mean, and, and I know it sounds like a, you know, perhaps even like a, a pretty basic thing to say, but eight minutes, 46 seconds, is a long time. Yeah. When you count it out, it is a long time. And what, what kind of resulted was an incredibly powerful scene. Uh, incredibly powerful. So, um, yeah, it's, 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 it's interesting to see how this movement will continue um, when it beget, becomes harder to continue it, if you know what I mean. But hopefully, hopefully it will yeah. sustain. Yeah, I mean, I was thinking the same when watching the start of the cricket yesterday and, you know, that one minute does it does seem long. So, yeah, yeah, it's people start a little bit shuffling towards the end of it. So to hold it onto it for that long is it's just... amazing. And then, then, by the way, in the cricket, England then lost the wicket straight away and it, then it got rained and it rained. So things were going back to normal. I wonder if Danny Welbeck's overhead kick is starting to write the universe again. Mm. Ah, is that what it was for? Because he's such a nice fella. Yeah. And it's a great thing to see. If, if, particularly the gym. I know Jim's a fan of, of that guy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that guy, Welbs. If, 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 if I said to you, Danny Welbeck, who would you, like someone to, would you like someone to score an overhead kick in a neutral situation? Welbeck would be up there. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, maybe he's be the, the first. If, if I was given a selection of names and he was on the platter, then yeah. I'd, I'd probably gravitate towards indulge. him. Indulge. Uh, unless it was, you know, any Arsenal player, obviously. <laughs> no, I think I'd ra- you would rather Welbeck score an overhead kick in a neutral situation than. Scott Ramastafi. Mm, Surely. On, on the international stage, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Shall yeah, we say? yeah, yeah. Although it would be more unlikely for Mustafi to do it. So maybe that would have the, yeah. the benefit of yeah. entertainment. I mean, he's more likely to be overhead kicked, as we saw. Yes. With the stud marks in his head. Right, let's drop into Spain for the what was called the biggest ever question mark, biggest ever Catalan derby. Mm. Barcelona won Espanyol nil. Barcelona win to keep Pressure on uh, Real Madrid at the top of La Liga. Espanol. It's kind of an apologetic pressure, isn't it? It like slightly we're still, we're, is. We are still very much going to keep up appearances, although we know the writing is on the wall. Yeah. 
Yeah, hence all of the kind of chat about how hard it's all been. There's some, there's some mad stuff broke, um, I think, last night or this morning about um, about Messi as well. I was reading an article about that earlier. It's not him going to Arsenal again, is no, it? No, <laughs> Saying that, like, um, he's, he's fed up of getting... Uh, he's fed up of all the euphemistic conversations that happen in the press about, in quotes, senior pros, yeah. always meaning him, yeah. kind of criticising. And, and what happened was he got caught. Don't think it was in the Espanyol game. Might have been, actually. Might have been the game before at the drinks break. Uh, Kike Setien was given a little impromptu tactic talk as they do just to piss off Gary Neville yeah. and um, Lionel Messi wasn't involved he was just like staring somewhere else and uh, lots been made of that apparently So, well it's all this stuff about the contract as well isn't it Cause, do you know what I bloody love Kate I would bloody love? love Messi to go to Juventus and play on the same team as Ronaldo oh, imagine it <sighs> I don't think it'd be like Avengers Assemble what's it, it called would, it Endgame. would be like that yeah, yeah. it would it they can't afford it, I don't think, but it'd be amazing. No. no, I don't think anyone could afford it, surely. Has he done what Rivaldo did famously when he wanted to leave Barcelona, where he priced himself out of every club on the planet and then got pissed off? Yeah. It's like, yeah, but your wage demands are so high that it's almost like you've you've transcended the currency. So mm. no one will buy you. So get over it. That might be what happens. Yeah, perhaps. it could be. But anyway, Aspenyol got relegated, so that's probably the main story, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. But not, not just relegated. Relegated by Luis Suarez. Oh, it's the worst. It's like your school bully repossessing your house. Yeah, it is. Would you rather be relegated by Luis Suarez or John Terry? <sighs> John Terry's not going to bite me. Or Carlos Tevez. But then Luis Suarez would probably, you know, leave my theoretical girlfriend alone. I'll tell you what's going to happen, Jim. I'll tell you what's going to happen. Luis Suarez scores the goal that sends you down. He's 100% rubbing it in your face. Mm. Probably afterwards as well. John Terry will do that kind of faux modesty thing where he'll just be arrogantly kind of just stroll off. What you're worried about is what I do. And it depends what you would prefer. I think still Suarez. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. Yeah, just the, the, my gut reaction. Yeah, is, fair enough. It, I've ru- you've ruined my day. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Firstly, yeah. just making me even think about that. Yeah, but Suarez enough. is what I've lent towards. Yeah, oh, fair enough. I, I, I mean, it is disappointing for Espanyol, who have been like kind of a fixture in the top flight for many a year, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, it's only one season out of the top flight wow. since 1928. So would it be time for Mauricio Pochettino to ride over there Imagine and that. save the day? He can't save the day now, it's gone, but bring him back again, I mean. I mean, it's, it's he, quite poetic. It would only be poetic, I guess, if he were to bring them back and then make them win the league ahead of, or at least finish above Barcelona. Or he could take them right up there moan a bit about not having enough players and then uh, unceremoniously leave mm. after a big European defeat. Yeah, have loads of opportunities to um, go quite far in the cup competitions, not but decide that like, winning cups is sort of beneath him. <laughs> Could yeah. do that, couldn't he? He's talking about Southampton. He's about Southampton. <laughs> I've yeah. left. Yeah. Kate Mason's left the chat. <laughs> um, you, you hurt but Pochettino, you hurt me. There are a couple of... Um, yeah, as you said, a couple of naughty um, red cards in that game. Very naughty well. incidents. Yeah. Or would we say, as it turned out uh, in a James Tarkovsky challenge, not a big deal at not all. Bothered, yeah. What's the what's the issue? Why I've, why I've, the two red cards? I've got a big test for Jim Campbell here, mm-hmm. if, if my colleague of many a year standing. Tell me, because I wrote this down and I reckon you did too. Was there anything weird about the red cards? They're orange. Yeah, it's an orange <laughs> card. That's yeah, what I read down. the first thing I saw. The red card the referee had in his like, pocket was fucking orange. They've got a little picture on them as well. The player is well within his rights of saying, I don't know what that means. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So what, I can stay on for 10 minutes? Yeah. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh, it could be that new system, the kind yeah. of red card for a bit. Yeah, well, like, like in rugby. Yeah, I'll be it, given they don't do it again card. In <laughs> both cases, 
Um, they were yellows upgraded to a red. So yeah. perhaps Ooh. that is what that is. So they do do sim bidding in some, in some non-league levels in this country yeah. now. My friend's a non-league ref, and he's and, and the league he referees in, which I forget, does have a 10-minute sim bin that he's used a few times this season. I think so. it's quite a good idea, to be honest. It's especially good for that like non-double jeopardy of the penalty plus the red card. Yeah, yeah. They've changed that, though. Yes. Yeah, they've changed that to an extent. So that, that, I think that's worked... To be fair, that's actually worked quite well. Why was that praise for refereeing? I think that's worked quite. I, I, I have no problem with referees. I have problems with the with the parameters they're asked to referee under. That's that's the problem. Mm. But yeah, two red cards in that game. But the main takeaway was um, that they were orange. And and <laughs> I think I think Ansu Fati of Barcelona, having been presented with the orange card, might have a legal case to not ser- ser- uh, to not serve a suspension because yeah. um, I think he could legitimately say he wasn't sure what yeah. the orange card. But he's only that, young. Is, that is a rouged yellow at best. <laughs> yeah. And also, there's a picture on it. Why is there a picture on Was it? Was there a picture on there's it? As a well? little, I don't know what it, what it's of. I couldn't quite make it. No, because the referees sometimes write the names of the players on the cards. Mm-hmm. So they know who don't been know booked. who you are. No, because in case they've already been booked. Right. But that's how that really worked for a year. Yeah, or if he was planning to go on an absolute... Because that was only in the 50th minute that Ansu Fati mm. won and then the next one came in the 53rd minute. So perhaps he was just planning to go on a massive tear and he needed to make sure he <laughs> yeah. knew exactly who he'd given all the red cards to. <laughs> yeah. He's Maybe gone, he's, he's planning to run out. Yeah, could be. You never know. I mean, mm. just get a red... I mean, I just feel like it should be a basic requirement. You know, have a red card. Where's he bought that from? <laughs> you know, if he's buying it from like a referee's apparel shop, it should be red. Take it out of his hands if this is what's happening. Do you remember when they had round circle one? Yes. So that, was, okay. that, was that for colourblind players? No, it, was it? I think it was because so it was so the referee didn't pull the wrong card out of his pocket. Nice. Right. So he could yeah. feel it in his pocket and the circle one would be red. And, and, and I feel like that at the time, I feel like that should have, there should have been more made of that. Yeah. Like the referee, there should have been some kind of press release. By the way, from now on, the red cards will be round. Or like just, when he gave it, gives it out, he has to put it over, over his, his eye, eye like a monocle. Like, yeah, like that, um, like that guy with the hook. Yeah. He yeah. looked through it all the time. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you who else got sent off at the, um, last night. Oh, yeah. And it was mo- probably the standout red card of a packed showcase of red cards was um, Derby's Louis Sibley. Oh, mm. yeah. Who got sent off against West Brom for kicking someone in the knackers. Cheeky. That's old school, that. That's I think, very I think, Cheeky. It is old school, isn't it, Jim? Don't you reckon? Very it was dangerous. Writ- it was written up as for apparently attempting to kick his way out of a tangle of legs. So what I wonder is... Well, I can clear Where that up right were now. those? Yeah, for, yeah, no, because it wasn't that. It sounds because... nightmarish, doesn't it? Like <laughs> some sort of Lovecraft-style hellish situation. Kicking you out of a tangle of legs? <laughs> First of all, Louis Sibley is so young that he could probably legitimately say that he was trying to fight off a bully. Because <laughs> he was at school 18, or something. Yeah. And um, secondly, it wasn't a tangle of legs. The West Brom player was lying on the floor. That the referee had stopped the game and he booted him in the bottom. Oh my god! Because I think the danger there, right, is you, you could make someone infertile. Yeah. So that's way more than a foul. You could have stopped entire generations of people there. Orange card. <laughs> <laughs> Sit out for ten minutes. That's actually Derby's sixth red card this season. So they've got they've got the Love most it. in the championship. So right. perhaps he was just trying to help out with records hmm. um, just a quick glance ahead to tonight's games uh, featuring someone else who has absolutely no problem with referees whatsoever it's Bournemouth up against Spurs no Eric Dyer. he's got a full match ban for that incident where he ran into the crowd query to defend his brother yeah. Jason Marino says he, he's, they're not going to challenge it if I speak I'm in trouble that's yeah. all Jason Marino says he's boring now isn't it yeah it's like he's doing the hits but yeah. it's like, it's he like doesn't he, know what the hits are he's he spent all the be here now songs <laughs> he spent so long Doing all this stuff that he—it's he, he, all implied. Mm. He could just probably just pull out a piece of paper and go, "Quote two, 
<laughs> and all the pressures go, yeah, thanks. Yeah. That's actually not a bad idea. If I speak, I'm in trouble, yeah. yeah. And, and I think the Eric Dyer ban um, is so long ago that he did it. I wonder if he could sort of have some kind of legal defence of the statute of limitations because it's, <laughs> it feels to me like it happened in about 1986. Again, like, in what other generation would you forget that? No, exactly. He went into the crowd. be a massive and, story. Yeah, it's mad. Yeah. That'd be, that'd be an interesting game be good because mm. Bournemouth are absolutely abysmal and it'll be a really good test of what Spurs are like because they've been very inconsistent 2-0 Bournemouth um, mm. so Everton Southampton also at 6 o'clock uh, Southampton could be amazing who yeah. knows and the 8.15 kickoff is Aston Villa up against Manchester United uh, Paul Pogba apparently is going to stay at Manchester United intriguingly Solskjaer says they're going to they're hopeful of agreeing a new contract and on the other side uh Sky Sports have been billing it as the ultimate audition for Jack Grealish, although mm. not if Graham Souness has got anything to do with it. No, I, I, I think uh, Jack Grealish is, is, is almost certain to move on because I do think Aston Villa yeah. will be relegated and I'd like to see him carry on playing his trade in the Premier League. And I think May not have been absolutely fantastic as everyone does since they've come back. I'm really excited to see Mason Greenwood play because I think he'll probably start again uh, against the team who are quite generous so you might see yeah. uh, two of his, both of his lovely feet in action again tonight. Mm. The form they've been in, this could be a, could be a tough, uh, tough evening for Villa. Bless them. Yeah. Oh, good to see a generous team, um, like Newcastle. Yeah. All right, then. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for a lovely time, guys. Oh, was it a lovely time? Yeah, it was actually. Yeah. Good. Say yeah. bye, Linkmore. I enjoyed it too. Bye. Say bye, Jim. Bye. I've been Kate Mason. Oh, I'll tell you who's on tomorrow. Yeah, go ahead. I know I can tell you if you want. Yeah, go on then. No, I won't. It's your job as the host. <laughs> Quite literally. Wow, a sledge to end with. How perfect. Join us tomorrow on the previous show. It will be Marcus, Andy and who, Luke? Uh, me. Perfect. Luke's game, Marcus v Andy, Clash of the Titans. It's going to be exciting. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to hear it. See you soon, guys. Bye. This was a Stakhanov production.